previously on Those Were the Days. And apparently, sure. I picked a good one. They created the $60 man. My memories of the show date back to uh, earlier this week watching it for the first time. <laughs> I'm usually a big fan of Canadian television, but this one... I was let down continuously. Good thing those aren't just bouncing around the atmosphere all the time. <laughs> he kind of goes through puberty through this particular series. Where the vest was king. I had a huge budget worth of like fans and blowing paper around. They had phones right on the beach. Thank you, Jerry O'Connell, for your contributions to modern entertainment. Those Were the Days is filmed before a live internet audience. Hello, folks. Welcome to Those Were the Days, the show where we chat about retro TV and ask ourselves, does this thing hold up? Well, I couldn't answer that by myself. So, I'm joined by a talented cast of characters tonight. He has his, his thumbs and his imagination. TV's Travis. Alright, so uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to write a half-hour sitcom, and the entirety of the jokes are going to be based around macadamia nuts. <laughs> Alright? Because is there a funnier nut than a macadamia nut? No. No, no I don't think no. so. It's no. not a pecan. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a <laughs> cashew. Cashews are droops anyway. <laughs> And it's not even uh, it's not it's not even a Brazil nut. No, 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 macadamia nuts. That's the key. All right. <laughs> All right. And visiting us from deep space planet of Twilo, Amy Frost. I have a lot of feelings about this week's episode, but I I, I just I'll just get it out right up front. Two thumbs up. <laughs> and of course, how on earth is he able to see out of the back of his head, Audie Norman? Okay, boys, time to come up with some weird alien for the show this week. But remember, we're on a TV budget. So what you got? Okay, breathe water. Well, how can we do that? Like underwater? Oh, just just drinking water is the same as breathing? Yeah, we can make that work. What else? Four eyes? Did you hear me say budget? Oh, in the back of the head, but still. Oh, we never actually see them. They're just under the hair? Okay, yeah, we can sell that. Anything else? No thumbs. That's different. Yeah, that's easy enough. Just gotta have the actors act it out and keep the camera in the right spot. Okay, no thumbs. I think that's about what? Walnuts? The aliens love walnuts? <laughs> Why walnuts? Just, just because? It's just funny? Well, oh, okay. Well, I'll take these to Mr. Van Dyke, see what he thinks. Good job, fellas. <laughs> that's probably exactly how it went, I would imagine. There in the writer's room. Uh, I know it was pretty obvious what show we're talking about, but if you didn't catch on, it's not obvious at all. It was the Dick Van Dyke Show. And you say, Stephen, the Dick Van Dyke Show is not a sci-fi television show. And I say, well, I got permission from my friends (laughs) ahead of time to stretch this topic and just throw in a sci-fi-ish episode of one of my favorite television shows. And that was... It may look like a walnut. Uh, the Dick Van Dyke Show, season two, episode twenty, uh, which was groundbreaking laugh out loud television uh, for the time, <laughs> and I'm pretty excited to talk about it. But I want to know first of all, what do you guys do? You have any memory of the show? Did you ever watch the show? This episode in particular, does it stand out? Uh, we'll start with Travis. So the Dick Van Dyke Show, it's a 
it and the Mary Tyler Moore show and the shows of this era I know of, I remember, uh, like, I, I just don't ever remember watching them. It's weird. But yet, I know about them. And, I, and, and mm-hmm. it feels familiar as soon as it starts. But, like, familiar in, like, a, a strange way. Like, like, riding in your car when someone else is driving. It's familiar, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Perfect. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Amy, how about you? So I have a big, I have a big giant soft spot in my heart for Dick Van Dyke, like as an actor and person. Like Mary Poppins was my favorite when I was a kid. You know what I mean? And he has a very mm-hmm. excellent cameo episode on The Golden Girls. Um, so I oh. love, I love Dick Van Dyke. I don't know that I have ever actually seen the Dick Van Dyke show prior to, prior to this episode. Um, heck of a start. I mean, I get the gist of, <laughs> of the whole thing, but heck of a one to go in on. Like the the bar has been set really high. <laughs> Real it's quick, so fun to hear you say that. Yeah. I ha- I have to say that um, it took everything within me to not do the Dick Van Dyke English accent for my intro. <laughs> um, it was it was not easy to hold that back, but I did. So what do you mean, welcome, governor? You're welcome, is what I'm saying. Step in time, baby. <laughs> oh, and how about you, Audie? Uh, I, I've kind of fallen to the same boat as Travis. Is like I I know of this show. I I've seen. I think I've seen it here and there. Never really watched it, but it's hard not to know about it. And then I watch it and I forget that his name's not actually Dick Van Dyke on the show. And I'm like, what? Why? What? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of wild that it's it's called the Dick Van Dyke Show. Yet the head writer of the show is Carl Reiner, <laughs> and he's not known as Dick Van Dyke on the show. He's Rob Petrie. Mm-hmm. But I think coming off of some of that Mary Mary Poppins heat, and he had some stuff going on in uh, in Broadway that it just the Dick Van Dyke Show's the name. For. They could have easily called it the Petries, and everybody I'm like, okay, cool, I'm mm-hmm. watching the Petries because uh, it's their name, Rob and Laura Petrie. Um, which X Files crossover Scully and Mulder, when posing as a married couple, uh, referred to themselves as Rob and Laura Petrie as their code names. Read that factoid today. Thought nice. That was cool. Standing. It, it wasn't unknown, or it wasn't like out of the realm of normal for a show to be the Dick Van Dyke show and then the character to be somebody else. And the yeah. Andy Griffith show, he's Andy right. Taylor. Oh yeah. You, oh right. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think even You're going the Mary, on that start. the Mary Tyler Moore show. I don't think she was mary richards yeah exactly so on the mary like, tyler Moore that was kind of a yeah. thing back then was you would put your your main your main star's name on the show to draw people in because because it didn't matter what they were doing no <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you, you knew, were watching it well you know what you were getting you were branded at yeah. that point in classic tv is yeah. like you knew what you watched when you were watching the dick van dyke show you're getting him you watch mary tyler Moore. you knew her from this jam and now you got she's got her own show and you're just like oh that's mary tyler moore's new thing yeah uh, but mm-hmm. then spinoffs of that, you got different stuff like Rhoda. You know, Rhoda was, uh, uh-huh. was uh, I can't remember the actress, but that was a character name. And Phyllis, that was a spinoff of Mary Tyler Moore show, and that was the character name. But I think Phyllis Diller was also Phyllis. Same name, same whatever. Could be. It's all we fine. We'll talk about Doja another time. <laughs> we'll get there some yeah. other day. Uh, but this show, you guys, I've been, I've been talking about the show for quite a while. Uh, but this cemented my love of classic TV. This is one of the first shows that I remember watching by myself in my bedroom. Uh, it aired at 8 o'clock before, ever, before I had to go to bed. It was like the last gasp of t- television before I went to sleep. Had TV in my room. Nickelodeon would end after, after the 7.30 half hour. 8 o'clock, the Dick Van Dyke show came on. 
and I remember loving the show, even though some of the concepts and some of the episodes should have gone over my head. I just remember it being hilarious, and I think a lot of that is the physical comedy that Dick Van Dyke was mm-hmm. well known for. He was a master of physical comedy, and anybody's going to laugh at that. I don't care if you're three or ninety-three; that stuff's pretty great. Uh, and it just it just worked for me as that kid. And I got upset when um, Nickelode- Nickelodeon moved from seven thirty, ending at eight, to ending at eight thirty. And I was like, wait, 8.30 is my bedtime. The Dick Van Dyke show is going to start coming on at 8.30. I remember being actually upset that cartoons would be extending past my bedtime. And naturally, my bedtime extended to 9, and I watched it anyway. Because, you know, okay. I am the master of my, I'm the captain of my soul. That is, I, I just have to say, that is the most Stephen thing mm-hmm. I have ever heard yep. in my mm-hmm. life. That you, as a kid, were upset at an extra half hour of cartoons because it would meant you would miss the Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> Never change. I told Stephanie the other day, I said, I'm pretty sure just the older I get, it's just my body is catching up to my soul. Uh, I, it's, just, it's just moving up. I'm starting to feel like myself. I'm like, oh, I'm just getting closer to where I should be. Uh-huh. You know, gray bearded and everything. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, but this show is is obviously one of the classic television shows of all time. People talk about it. They cite it as groundbreaking and for all kinds of different reasons, which we'll get into. Uh, fun thing about this episode, I want to say, oh, it's some random episode about sci-fi. TV Guide's number 15 top 100 television episodes of all time. Yeah. Um, right up there with Vitamina Vegemin and the conveyor belt stuff from I Love Lucy. This This era, just for whatever reason produced a certain caliber of television that stands the test of time. Um, I don't know if it's because it just it had to be so clean, so they went so hard on just <laughs> the goofy jokes. A, a la the Muppets, you know? The yeah. Muppets had to do things that just, they don't age. <laughs> the jokes are mm. always going to be funny, and they're always going to be okay for families. It's just that's the way they roll, and it makes you try a lot harder, you know? Fart jokes are easy, but here we are with walnuts going, <laughs> oh, that's pretty good, too. Um so anyway, that's this happened. This episode aired in 1963. Uh, the show itself only ran for five seasons, 1961 to 1965. Uh, it's also the last show that fully aired its entire run in black and white. Huh. They were going to move to color in, ni- in the sixth season, but the writers, producers all decided, we've done enough. We have made our mark. Let's move on. So they ended the show after season five. Which was, I mean, a good move. And it was, it was doing well at the time, too. It's not like it was bombing out. Um... But there's a whole bunch of really cool facts about the show that we can get into. Um, And some of them, I just want to go ahead and share with you now. Carl Reiner is the the writer of the show, the the showrunner of the time. And you guys are familiar with Carl Reiner, yeah? Yeah? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Even if you aren't. Because he is Ocean's Eleven. He played played a wonderful character Mm -hmm. in... uh, Ooh, help me out. What was his character's name? Saul. Saul. Mm -hmm. He played Saul. He was fantastic in Saul, and you also might know his son Rob Reiner. He's done a few things early on. In, just a couple. He's things. done a handful. Yeah, of things, you know, he's been around. Just a few. This is Spinal Tap, uh, Princess Bride, Holy Cow. He's been he's acted in tons of stuff. He got his start in All in the Family um, back in the day. Uh, there's probably a bunch of other stuff you know Rob Reiner from, uh, but we only we lost Carl Reiner just like two years ago at yeah. the right old age of nine hundred. I don't remember what he is. <laughs> Um, 
But he got his start writing for a variety show with another one of a kind, Mel Brooks, uh, on your show of shows with Sid Caesar. So a lot of what the Dick Van Dyke show is about, it's about Rob Petrie, who is a writer on a variety show called The Alan Brady Show. A lot of those stories come from Carl Reiner's own experience writing for Sid Caesar's Your Show of Shows, which is super neat to me. Uh, So he had a whole view of what a writing team actually felt like, and he got the right cast and everything. Dick Van Dyke is joined by, of course, Mary Tyler Moore, who plays his wife. Maury Amsterdam, who plays Buddy Sorrell. Which, if you watch more of this show, Buddy will slowly become your favorite character <laughs> on this entire show. Uh, and I've got some cool facts about him. And Rosemary, uh, who I don't think has a surname. I think she's just Rosemary. Uh, yeah. And that she plays Sally Rogers on the show. And they're the writing team. And Mel Cooley is like their, uh, their executive that comes in. And Buddy and Mel butt heads quite a bit. And it's amazing. Um, but anyway, the show ran for those five years, won 15 primetime Emmys. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was a big deal. Mary Tyler Moore broke ground on this show because she wore capris. <gasps> oh, uh, slow down. Whoa. Standards and practices. Well, they were not cool with it. And I found out why I thought this was very interesting. So at the time, uh, all the out TV housewives, uh, leave it to beaver and stuff, wore dresses uh-huh. and vacuumed. Mary Tyler Moore hated that. She thought it was stupid. Wasn't realistic. Didn't make a whole lot of sense. So Carl Reiner was like, whatever you want to do, I don't care. So she would sneak pants in just like a few scenes in the early season, like a few or early episodes of the show, and stand in practice like, hold on a second. We got, this is a problem. There's cupping. She has some cupping going on in her <laughs> pants, meaning her rear end was, uh, was well viewed is what I'm, I'm picking up on. They were like, we're not sure. This is basically pornography on television. I don't you know can't have a doing. body. Yeah, and what I loved was was her quote from the time. She said, I said, I've seen all the other actresses, and they're always running the vacuum in these little flowered frocks with high heels on, and I don't do that. <laughs> she said, uh, and I don't know any of my friends who do that, so why don't we try to make this real, and I'll dress on the show the way I do in real life. Within a few weeks, we were sneaking pants into a few other scenes in every episode, and they were definitely cupping under, and everyone thought it was great. She just basically <laughs> broke the rules until they stopped hassling her about it. I'm like, you are... Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're such a rebel and so cool. And this was a little bit different because um, they learned how to work her character so she could butt heads with Rob, but they were always a team. So it always, it never went too far beyond that 1960s. They didn't get in hot water over anything yeah. at the time because they still wanted to be celebrated, but they made it so that they were a comedy team and less of a daddy knows best kind of stuff because. Yeah. Rob was screwing up a lot, and she was calling him out on it, and vice versa, and it was a lot it was a lot of fun, and kind of set the stage for those kinds of things as we went forward. Every time, you know, they, they just made these, these things work for him. Um, that was cool. We're going to get to the episode in a second, but I got this really fantastic thing about Buddy, Buddy uh, Maury Amsterdam, who played Buddy. Uh, he was a vaudeville actor in the 20s. Oh, that was real cool. He did that- jokes with his brother. He played the straight man. Uh, who would play a straight man against his brother's comedy, and he also played the cello really well. Somehow this cello deal got him a gig working in a speakeasy owned by Al Capone. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yes, that Al Capone. And the reason he ended up in California was because he was in the middle of a gunfight uh, that occurred, 
at the speakeasy and decided this was not his jam. So he went out to California and he became the human joke machine. He didn't act as the human joke machine, which he gave so many jokes so often so fast. He was like a Robin Williams of his time. Yeah. People thought he was just the fastest dude they'd ever met. There was one uh, one person would said they ran into Buddy or Maury Amsterdam on the street and said, "Hey, how you been?" And he said, "Ah, not been so great. I've been in bed and I've had a cold for two weeks." And he says, "What's so funny about that?" Because they're just so used to him cracking wise. <laughs> they're just like, "I don't get it." Uh, that was that was his whole jam. So he he lived his his days just rapid fire uh, jokes. But that's um that's basically. Everything I know relevant to get you excited <laughs> about the Mary Tyler Moore show. Or not Mary, or the Dick Van Dyke show. We'll get to Mary Tyler we'll Moore. That's another, another of my favorites. Um, so, and there's probably some little things sprinkled out as we go down this. But you'd say, sci-fi, Stephen! Again! Why is this sci-fi? Well, because this episode is all about the aliens from the planet Twilo. Um, and what do we know? Do we know anything about the state of sci-fi in television and movies in 1963? Like, was uh, there outside Twilight Zone? This would have been it. Would have been pre um, Lost in Space, I believe. I don't think mm-hmm. that came along for a couple more years. It's pre Star Trek, yeah. so sci-fi yeah. was science fiction at the time was very much like B movies. And yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, watching Future. this episode, you could tell like. The thing he was watching on TV it was late night TV, was science mm-hmm. fiction and monster movies, and it all it all sounded exactly like what he what what he was watching <laughs> theremin music and people yeah. people screaming no 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 over and over like that was that was sci fi at the time um, yeah a lot of what I what I have read and and understand it to be so uh, I think that was pretty accurate what they had on the show and and by the way the voice on the TV was Carl Reiner. Oh, was it really? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. That's super cool. Yeah, um, so we know that there wasn't a lot to draw from in terms of sci-fi TV at this point, other than Plan 9 from Outer Space and, you know, mm-hmm. Mysterious Bullmen from Mars and those kinds of jams. So that's where we're going to end up with the Kolak and the Planet Twilo and the people who drink slash breathe water mm-hmm. air. I don't know. But we're going to pick this show up right from the beginning to something I've always loved about this show, and that is the intro. The music lives in my head, uh-huh. rent-free. I was humming it all day. After watching <laughs> the episode, I'm just like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Oh, yeah. It's in my head yeah. all the time. Uh, and it has one of our first gags that we get is the Ottoman. Does Rob Petrie trip over the Ottoman, or does he sidestep it? And I remember as a kid watching this show just being, is he going to trip this time? And he would always say, like, ah, he sidestepped. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's going to trip. He sidestepped it. And I picked one of like, I don't know what the ratio is. I should have looked it up. But I, this episode is one of the episodes where he trips over the ottoman at the beginning. <laughs> and you know, you're in for a good time when he trips over the ottoman. <laughs> We're about to have it made. And we go to what I can only imagine is happening in bedrooms all around the world at midnight. <sighs> <laughs> Two people in bed watching TV, separate beds, no less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, watching something on the television. Well, somebody's watching. Somebody's trying not to watch. As as the horror averse, I felt for Laura in this episode so hard. Um, <laughs> like so it's like, please don't watch that. Can you watch that literally anywhere else? It's fine. Don't don't worry. Just 
and the the when he <laughs> when she's looking, I can still hear it, and she, he goes in with the pillow, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he's like, "Okay, it's all over now." And she's like, no, I'm still breathing. And I was like, I love you so much. <laughs> like, it, it's jumping ahead a little, but for like a while, when you think that she is deeply gaslighting him into madness, and I was like, that's correct. Good work. I'm very proud of you. Like, I, <laughs> so good. You're doing what should be done. Good for mm-hmm. you. <laughs> so yeah, I did have in my notes. Rob tries to kill Laura because uh, yeah. he's, mm-hmm. he's covering her face with the pillow. Because and it's just and he's so enthralled with what he's watching. He's just he's holding holding her back there. Uh, and and uh, the the one line that got me after this, where they were talking about Colac, and she's like, "I can't breathe." He's like, "If you were Colac, you wouldn't need oxygen." <laughs> and I was like, this is so good. And uh, I was trying to figure out like what what, what sells this because the setup of this episode is really smart. It's basically a retelling. Of the movie with all the info we're going to need yeah. to follow along mm-hmm. as we go on this, you know, potential gaslighting slash nightmare <laughs> adventure. Because um, it, it's, and it, some of it is in Dick Van Dyke's really good portrayal of what happened. His retelling of what happened. He's so excited about what's going on and mm-hmm. the way he phrases things and how he gives it. You're just, you're like, okay, you know, I'll so, watch this. Show of hands. Who identified with Dick Van Dyke in that in that scene where you are talking about the thing you are incredibly passionate about to someone who has no idea what you're talking about whatsoever? Yes, yeah. all four of us. It couldn't be less interested. Yeah, <laughs> but you're just like, please do I'm not getting this out actively. Okay. Please do not. There are plenty of people that have watched the Marvel Cinematic Universe with their significant other. I am not one of those people. My wife doesn't want to go near them, which is fine. But when I try to talk about it, she's just like, okay, what? Uh, okay, uh-huh, yeah, sure. Yeah, we've, we've all had and that conversation, like, and the okay. person you're talking to just glazes over. And they're just, I, yeah. they're present, but they're not really there anymore. And they're just like, <laughs> eventually they're going to wear out and not be able to talk anymore. I worked at yeah. a game store. Um, and now <laughs> D&D is very exciting and fun to play, right? Like, D&D is great. Mm-hmm. Hearing about someone else's D&D campaign that you are not a part of, <laughs> short of like the Cliff Notes highlights version, right? Like the like the replay at the end of your highlights, like that's fine. Mm-hmm. But just the deep dive, yeah, no yeah, one oh, cares. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. everybody. Nobody else cares. And a lot of people, no. I did a lot of, oh, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. All the all the verbals and nonverbals. Like, mm-hmm. please stop. I couldn't <laughs> Just, be less interested. I, I do Just, not make enough for this. <laughs> yeah. I have smiled at someone telling me about a Star Trek movie for so long that my face hurt. I'm <laughs> I just don't care. Like, and I'm over, I'm way over there somewhere. I'm done. Yeah. But I'm just like, yeah, so I can't be excited anymore. My face is dying. <laughs> Uh, Phil Rude says it's describing what it's like to be a podcaster. And yeah, podcasting Absolutely. is the cure mm-hmm. for not cure. having someone to talk to. Yeah, Because you can just talk can about just... it and no one can listen and you don't care. Like, you don't need no. to know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you don't need... I mean, we want you, you to listen. You don't really need the we people. Do. We do. Yeah. You need to be interested in what we're interested in right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> you all need to get on board. Or I will but it's like you don't need... You. You don't need the active listener. You just need to get it out of your system. You just mm-hmm. need to express yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm telling my wife all about my Baldur's Gate adventures, and she's just, God bless her, she's doing everything <laughs> she can to just 
Love it. And I'm just like, do you know what I did? It's just ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, so he retells this thing. He, talk, he mentions Danny Thomas. And this is the thing that classic TV suffers from. I don't know who Danny Thomas is. Nobody <laughs> knows who Danny Thomas is. We're, this is 2023. We're so far removed from whoever Danny Thomas was. Just, I don't know. I well, don't know and it's who. because we're so far removed. We don't know if that's a character or an actual person. Right. Yeah, I didn't. I'm like, is that a celebrity? I, like Harpo Marks? I would have known that. Mm-hmm. Danny, no, not Danny Thomas. But I'm here to tell you who Danny Thomas is. Okay. Danny Thomas is a producer on the show. Uh, a producer of the Dick Van Dyke Show and a actor comedian in his own right, and we're going to cross over again because he was on the the Ford Show with Tennessee Ernie Ford uh, from earlier. And if you've been following along with this show for a year and a half now, uh, <laughs> we did we covered Ernie Ford on an episode of I Love Lucy. So that's that's where he comes from, and he's the reason Mary Tyler Moore got cast as Laura Petrie, which I thought was pretty cool. Oh, nice. um, yeah, he told Carl Reiner, like, hey, Mary Tyler Moore's really great. Carl Reiner said, I just remembered an actress with three names who we passed on. <laughs> so he had to go dig back through all the photos to figure out who he was talking about. Oh, I can and, hear uh, that in his voice, too. Uh-huh. I can hear Carl Reiner saying that, and it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Even the stuff that wasn't meant to be funny was funny. It's when just he said, good. Yeah. Yeah, it's just really good. Uh but yeah, she had lied about her age um, to get on the show as well, which was a fun, a fun fact. And they used that in a later episode when it was revealed that she was 17 when she married Rob and their marriage wasn't legal. <laughs> so they had to make it right because she had lied about her age nice. uh, so that they could get married. But I'm like, you guys are good. Which leads me to a small other fact is that Carl Reiner would ask people, cast and crew of the show, for stories from their home life and things they got into. And many of the stories on the Dick Van Dyke show were based on real events, uh, just heightened, you know, and oh, overblown, that's so good. That's which awesome. I thought was I thought was pretty great. Uh, so we learned a little bit about Twilowites from Rob Petrie. Twilowites have two eyes in the front and two in the back. Uh, they remove they remove imaginations and thumbs, and they only eat walnuts. Um, and it's, I, it's, and I liked the rationale behind that. Without our thumbs and our imaginations, we can't make the things that let us go up into the stars and muck about with the twilights. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I was like, well, oh, it's, it's logical. Solid. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Pretty great. Pretty great. So they eventually finally get to sleep after Rob wakes up like three times to tell Laura about stuff. She sets an alarm so that she'll wake up in an hour because she knows her dreams are going to be infected with these twilights and she can't handle it. She's like, I should be able to wake up just when they're implanting new eyes in the back of my head or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'll be saved by the bell. Now I I'll did notice, bell, yes. right. So he's getting ready for din- He's getting ready for bed. And I did notice him throw away like a lot of wrappers and things mm-hmm. from the nightstand. And mm-hmm. I said, Okay, we might be headed into Cosby show. You shouldn't eat that sub right before dinner territory. Uh, oh, yeah. But for a while, I did just think that she was gaslighting him, and I was really proud. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that would be... She, that was pro-gaslighting if she was on it. I mean, like, it was a lot. I mean, it was a lot. It's, 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 you, you might have married a psycho at that <laughs> point. Like, it was, once all the walnuts pour out of the closet, yeah, you're like, was, uh, yeah. what have I done? Well, that's the funny thing. Uh, Up so, until that point, like... It could have been something she had arranged somehow. It yeah. really could have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
it was it was real sketchy and rob was rob was in it for a little while till he gets a little agitated but we'll get we'll get to that <laughs> uh when he wakes up in the morning of course rob she tells him he's not getting his waffles in the morning you know because he's harassing yeah. her and that's that's the way it works you know yeah, i'm not making you waffles in the morning forget it meanwhile i'm like well i made my I microwaved my own sausage and egg sandwich this morning what happened to the 60s <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> it's absolutely fine we went uh, and stephanie now. smacked you upside the head <laughs> It's all Mary Tyler Moore and her capris. <laughs> what has she done? Look at her sensible shoes. Uh, <laughs> sensible <laughs> shoes. <laughs> so we wake up in the morning. Rob walks out of the room, and there's walnuts all over the floor. Ha, ha, ha. Laura, nice job. You got me. Okay. And she's all, I don't know what you're talking about. And she takes a big old glass of water. Like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this this whole deal with Richie running in and running off with his bag of walnuts to school just absolutely killed me. Because <laughs> Richie's in a lot of episodes, and he is the loudest kid you will ever hear on TV. <laughs> and I don't know... Like, a part of me goes, this is just obnoxious. Another part of me goes, I am a father of an eight-year-old. This is accurate. <laughs> this is how they are. Thanks, Mommy! I'm taking these walnuts to school. They're my favorite! <laughs> you know? And it's like, yeah, checks out. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. Basically, because the take before that, they were like, okay, we can't hear you. You need to speak up a little bit when you say your lines. And that's, <laughs> that's what came out. Like, like, I just stuck okay. forever for five So I was wondering, years. was he paid by volume? Like, yeah. the louder he was, <laughs> yeah, the more made. he made? Yeah, we're going to give you a nickel per decibel because <laughs> you're a child. It'll be fine. Uh, and then the, the, one of the first sight gags that got me was he opens the egg carton that and there's crazy. walnuts. And he's a little part. She starts cracking them. <laughs> and she pulls, like, she tucks walnut in Rob's, Rob's coat. And he's like, ah, this is funny. I'm just really not going to make me breakfast. Fine. I'm leaving. You know, and he kind of storms out. And uh, and then we get to the office, which is our our second favorite set, maybe our favorite set from the whole show. Anytime he's in the writers' room with the immensely talented uh, Buddy and Sally, you're just—it's the best part of the show. It's my favorite part of the show. I can't he remember what Buddy and, said because he goes he 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 walks in and he's like, "Sorry, I'm late." And I know oh, she yeah, goes, "Sorry, I'm single," but I can't remember. I can't remember what he said. Oh, it was so good, though. And I was like, I didn't write it down, but it was. Yeah. It was such a good little joke. Sorry, I don't I'm know. Single. You'll have to look. You guys who watched the episode will have to remember. But it was, sorry, I'm single. It's really great. <laughs> um, but that, speaking of Rosemary, she holds her own on this show in every episode. Uh-huh. She is easily as funny as anyone else uh, and deserves every bit of accolade she ever got from doing this whole thing. Um, but yeah, Buddy, Buddy cracks me up. Uh, so they're sitting there talking. He's like, "Did you? Did Laura tell you guys? Uh, like, why are you? Because no, Buddy eats walnuts." Or they're talking about no. They started with the conversation because he was talking about Co- like Colac or the movie he watched. Yeah. And she goes, and Sally says, "says Oh yeah, the guy who attacked okay, the UN." Or uh-huh. I was yeah, there, and she thought he was. I was there. He's, he's like, "Did you watch that picture?" No, I was at the UN when it happened, and it's so <laughs> straight laced. Four eyes, I'd have married him. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good and it was such a sally thing to say and he's telling him about what you know the the deal like and then buddy cracks some walnuts and buddy gives him a hard time he's like what are you did you crack walnuts? yeah i like walnuts what's the deal you know i, I switched from pistachios that's <laughs> <laughs> so good uh so 
that happens, and then Rob starts to get concerned, like, what, what are you, okay, she puts you up to all this walnut stuff, and he begins, like, the, like let's get to work. Uh, we've got, and he finds a walnut in the typewriter. He's <laughs> getting exhausted at this point. Finds walnuts in his desk. He's like, well, okay, let's do, let's work on the show. We're going to do, let's start, what do you guys think about starting with a boy-girl number? Uh, and Buddy lets out this line. I don't think the world is ready for a boy-girl number sang by Alan Brady and Danny Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. It might be now. Given the, I mean, it might be ready I now. Mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's only taken 40-some years, but I think we could, we could we do it. 50 years. 60. 50 years? 60, 60 years. I'm so good at math. Yeah. Y'all are just you're so impressed. Uh, it finds he finds out like what? Wait, our guest is Danny Thomas. I, I feel like I would have known if our guest was Danny Thomas. Did Laura switch the guest? Like she's just she really. He's like, what is going on? Be serious, you know. And then they're standing around. He's getting more agitated. And uh, he's like, what? Where did the joke come from? Where his buddy goes. You know, it'd be funny, a nearsighted turtle falling in love with an army helmet. And, this is, <laughs> and I was like, I would watch that so much. <laughs> and this is where they kind of break and they're both going, ha, 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 laughing maniacally at each other. Because, they, you know, they don't know how to behave as humans because uh-huh. they're yep. from the planet Twilo now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have no creativity. They're just, they're doing, and this is where things get serious. Uh-huh. And you can tell because the music changes. Yep. You know, and it starts to get more, bruh, 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 bruh. you know, it's like, whoa. Uh, Mel walks in, and, and Mel Cooley is their producer of some kind that is always hassling the writer's room, or Buddy and Mel never get along. And uh, he walks in, and Rob thinks he's he's been saved. He's like, oh, well, Mel's not in on this. Uh, but Mel appears to be in on this, mm-hmm. because he said, did... Did my wife call and tell you to cast Danny Thomas on the show? And Mel says, "No, she was against it. Wait. She wanted Kolak." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so he and then Mel's like, "Rob, you, you're you're worrying me. Take two of these and a glass of air." And he hands him two <laughs> two walnuts. <laughs> and then while he finds walnuts in his pocket, now he's convinced he's convinced he's dreaming, and he calls home. And Laura picks up. And he says, honey, I need you to go to the bedroom, pull down the covers on my bed, and see, see if I'm, I'm there. there. <laughs> <laughs> that was just great. And she's, of course, not going to do that. And she's acting like, I don't know what you're talking about, Rob. It's what, what, What's going on? Um, and then Rob's, Rob's still convinced he's dreaming. He slaps himself. He doesn't wake up. It actually hurts. It's not supposed to hurt in a dream. And then the door opens. And who walks in? But Danny Thomas himself, mm-hmm. with the British accent where he rolls his R's, Robert Fredry. <laughs> I can't roll my R's, but it just tickled me so much. And uh, and Rob's hand gestures with the whistling, talking about wait, you, you know the UFO sounds. I'm like, yep. mm-hmm. this is just this is amazing. Uh, and it's because Danny Thomas, aka Kolak, because he says, you know who I am. I'm Kolak. Uh, Rob's getting panicky, and uh, Kolek says he just needs to see the last remaining person on Earth. Uh, and then they do the whole shindig with the eyes in the back of the head. I've got 20, 20, 20, 20 vision. <laughs> <laughs> God, that got me. I, it's, that really did. I could see it coming from really a mile perfect. away, and it did not matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it did matter. It, it did was so matter. perfect. Uh, so Rob thinks he's still dreaming. He believes he's, he's entered the Twilo Zone. 
which made me laugh out loud. Uh-huh. I like that pretty good. And that's where I figured out, oh, I guess the Twilight Zone was airing in yeah. 1963. It makes sense. Uh, and then Rob loses his thumbs, which is really just <laughs> fantastic camera work. Uh, this whole thing where you got your nephew and he's, you're like, I don't know what happened to my thumbs. And nephew's like, what? Uh, and he's doing this whole jam and he's like waving his hands around. Oh, like (laughs) the, the, the hands on the face with, without the thumbs was just gold. It's just so perfect. And so he's like, because he was all excited. He's like, Lisa still got my thumbs, and they were missing. And it was like all panic. He tries <laughs> to light the. He tries anymore. to light the cigarette. The cigarette lighter. That's right. The cigarette. <laughs> and he's just waving it. Which so that was the best part, right? Was was at the beginning, like at the very beginning, right? And he's talking about like, well, if I didn't have thumbs, I couldn't type. Which I'm like, you could type, no problem. You could pull it um, off. Yeah. You know, and if I if I didn't, you know, if I didn't have thumbs or an imagination, what kind of comedy writer would I be? And she's like. Yeah, listen. <laughs> not not really crazy about the kind of comedy writer you are right now. So, <laughs> so he he loses something. He's like, I got to get home. You know, wake myself up. You know, this is this is ridiculous. So he runs, or, or drives, whatever. However, you get home in a dream. I imagine he teleported it yeah. being a dream. You know, because mm-hmm. that's what you do. But he's got to get home you're... before the alarm goes off. That's right. You know, in dream yeah. logic. That yeah. does seem like it would be a problem. Like, oh no, yeah. I'm not there to wake up. Oh, oh no. yeah, I gotta, I gotta get back in bed before the <laughs> alarm goes off. <laughs> so he gets home and he's looking for Laura, and this is when that iconic scene uh, that everybody loves happens when he opens the closet door and just walnuts, thousands of walnuts <laughs> pour out of the closet, and the audience loses it like i mean there is just an uproar of laughter the likes of which we may have never seen on tv before and after the walnuts roll out rob is on the floor laura comes sliding down the walnuts <laughs> oh with my just gosh that scene just i don't the smile on her face mm-hmm. and she slides down and she's got one foot in the air and she's like what yeah. are you doing honey <laughs> <laughs> um Fun fact about that scene, Mary Tyler Moore later, and in, uh, in, I think it was in her autobiography, said that everyone had been eating walnuts on set because they had so many that they had rented. I guess they rented walnuts, but they all <laughs> ate a bunch of them. So everybody had eaten so many walnuts, they all had horrible gas because they just give, they just give everybody gas. In this scene, she said she thought she remembers sliding down the walnuts and letting one rip. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but the audience was so loud that nobody heard it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'm like, got the biggest smile on her face because she stealth farted on a pile of walnuts. <laughs> you gotta love a woman who could have taken that to her grave and been okay with it. She's yeah. like, no, I need to tell like, the world no. in my memoir. Yeah. Yeah, the world needs to know. I was like, all right, I'm reading your autobiography now. I'm in. I'm, I'm ready to go. Let's do it. <laughs> and and this is where, man, she rocks every moment of this final scene of the show. I mean, just runs away with it with as, as Lolak from Twilo. Because mm-hmm. she's convinced Rob. She's like, I just need to have some fresh air. Drinks this giant thing of fresh air and then stands there with this knowing look, like showing her his eyes in the back of her head and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just... Like, if she was gasoline, this is her taking immense pleasure in having owned him <laughs> completely. Yep. Uh, 
it was just so good. I loved every bit of her performance at this last uh, last scene, and everybody. Then everybody in the show comes in and is laughing at Rob in that crazy twilight. Ha ha ha! The Danny Thomas comes in from the kitchen <laughs> with his cane and his bowler hat. <laughs> and uh, and it just that's when I wrote this is the goofiest episode of TV I've ever seen, it's and so I just love every moment of it, mm-hmm. um, every single moment. Yeah. So then Rob wakes up, and they're both fallen to the middle in between their beds. Like, what's going on? And she was having a nightmare, too, but her nightmare, she said they were throwing walnuts at me. Every time one would hit me, I'd lose a thumb and grow an eye. <laughs> and she's doing one of her trademarks is crying while telling a joke, is that's just a Laura thing. Hey, Rob, I just, yeah, that. you know, that was, that was a big thing, and she just nailed it. My favorite was because she's like, you know, because they, they both, like, fall on the floor, and he's like, what what are you doing? And she's like, I, I don't I don't know. Somebody screamed, and he's like, Oh yeah, yeah, I probably screamed. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a it's such a real life moment because I have screamed <laughs> in my sleep before, and that's basically my what are you what happened? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I don't. What are you talking about? It's like I barely remember what I was dreaming, but I did scream. Yeah. I woke up screaming, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't know why. You know, <laughs> what were you dreaming? Oh. Um, but that was so. That's that's the end, really, of the uh, of the the episode proper. But of course, we get the tag at the end, right before the credits of them in bed flipping channels. And I feel like this is the opportunity. They were Carl Reiner was like, we can say anything we want here. This is prime real estate <laughs> yeah. for whatever. Co- we got a TV. Nobody has to look at it. We can just make up whatever we want. Uh, and that's where we get the exercise guy who's exercising at midnight. Who exercises <laughs> at this time of night? Okay. <laughs> That guy does. That had me fall over. That was the really good. The best part, though, right, is because it's 1963, he's got to get up and walk over to the TV every time to change yep. it. Yes. And then, like, yeah. we all grew I, I think all of us grew up with a TV that you had to, like, physically change, right? So, like, oh, you yeah. would wait, though. Like, you're not oh, going yeah. to get back into bed. You're going to no, wait. No, you would stand there. No, you would stand right, right by there. the TV, yep. And commit, or get a sibling, preferably younger, to do it. But you know, you're gonna commit to the channel first, and then yeah. get back. But it was just the in and out was killing me. I was like, oh no! Get this is why people in. in the '60s had children. You know, yeah. people before that the had them for work. The farm. Yeah. You had children now. The remote controls mm-hmm. were children. Mm-hmm. That's what they were for. Yeah. Uh, who needs a remote? I've got kids. Oh, yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> Uh, change the channel. The second one was, what does that guy have on his face? We should just what, see what this, this or what's hand, that, who's that who's handsome guy with the beard? With the beard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> beard. Believe the it or not, goes, what? this man has 10,000 bees on his face. Nope. Meanwhile, in 2023, we're like, oh, YouTube, look how many bees that guy There's has so on his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's keep wow. watching that. <laughs> I heard they were endangered. Back. This is great. They flip it to the next channel and they're like, oh, this sounds good. Um, and it sounds like a decent show. Now returning to our regularly sc- our scheduled programming of werewolves from Planet X or whatever it was. Yeah. And they were like, nope, nope, nope not nope, doing that. Turning that. Back to the and exercise. Back to the exercise guy. They start doing the leg lifts, uh, <laughs> which is just <laughs> Because remember, so funny. this is 1963. There were three channels of television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There was not much. And I um, was, only honestly, three. Honestly, I was surprised because my first thought when they woke back up 
right? And, like, when it shows them, like, trying to get back to sleep. And I was like, well, the channels will have gone off air by now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, right. I was yeah, like, there's no be... way there's anything on TV right now. <laughs> just They played the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah, it's, I was going to say, over. yeah. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you end your... <laughs> Your regularly scheduled programming, it's, yeah. it's over. Yeah. Uh, and they also only had three muscle groups, so they just basically lift legs, lift yep. arms, mm-hmm. yep. move head, yeah. and that's what your exercises are. Yep. And that keeps you healthy. And a regular cigarette for breakfast. Sure. Uh, yeah. So it's what you require in 1960. <laughs> it's, the, um, um, it's the caffeine and nicotine diet, right? It's just yeah. coffee and cigarettes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it keeps you slim. So slimming exercise. Yeah. Your teeth yeah. turn yellow and... Blood pressure spikes, but ah, yeah, it's fine. you Don't can't see it. that. No. You know, it's not important. Uh, so that is the episode of It Looks Like a Walnut, number 15 on TV Guide's 100 Best Episodes of Television Ever. Uh, what's the consensus? Did we enjoy ourselves? So Sounds good. like we did. It was so good. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Just fantastic. I I yeah. loved every second of it. I was, I was giggling the whole time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love... I love Dick Van Dyke as in that first scene, just the energy that he had jumping back and forth over the bed, all of that going into like his pseudo Boris Karloff. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Was, was, <laughs> uh, just, it was so good. And then the, like they turn off, he turns off the light and, and she's going to sleep and he just does the spaceship noise. And I was like, do not. No, come yep. on. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's rude. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I had the uh, sub uh, the closed captioning on when I was watching it, uh, which I don't normally, but I, it flipped on and I just didn't turn it off. And uh, that was closed captioned as Weird Whistle, <laughs> which I liked quite a bit. That's excellent. Because it's that I mean, thing. Yeah, I can't whistle well enough, but man, he, he nailed it. Yeah, um, I think this just will... proves how much, how funny simple jokes can really be when performed by very mm-hmm. talented people and yeah. mm-hmm. this particular cast just seeing how well they work together throughout the whole episode it's like daggum no wonder yeah yeah oh yeah yeah it's immense amount of talent on display here and and it doesn't it like this is during a time where you got a guy who came from a variety show writing a show about someone who writes for a variety show and they use that throughout the run of the series. Like, you occasionally have an episode that's just a straight-up Alan Brady show episode <laughs> with these cast members on stage doing stuff. There's one, I almost used it as a Christmas episode. I might use it this year. We just have to go back to Dick Van Dyke because it was just We're not flipping yeah. phenomenal. Um, but they, they get on stage and have to do these acts, and these, every one of these people can sing, dance, mm-hmm. tell jokes. Mm-hmm. The whole gamut. It's not just like, oh, it's an actor with a pretty face. It's like talented people. There are numerous episodes where they are at a piano in the Petri's living room singing or dancing and entertaining a, a crowd of people. And I can only imagine that this is kind of what a 60s party might have looked like before you had video games mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Especially in Hollywood where people are talented and you do have so many performers and people who live for this stuff. Oh, I bet. Uh, doing these kinds of things and having these kind of parties... Uh, as a matter of fact, Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner's 2,000-Year-Old Man, which is a very famous skit that they did, and it's a record and everything, was born at a party where they just sat down and did this skit and made crap up on the fly, where Carl <laughs> Reiner was interviewing a 2,000-year-old man, that being Mel Brooks, about various things about society and what's changed over 2,000 years, and they are 
incredible. And it was just improv at a party, and then they recorded it. I'm like, well, this is what we do. It's <laughs> crazy. Um, and it's it's absolutely amazing what they were able to do, and you'll see that. Like, mm-hmm. I could name a handful of episodes. Like, if you want to follow up and watch more, that are just priceless. Um, one in particular, when Rob goes on a ski trip, uh, there's never been outside of Walnut episode. There's no funnier episode than Rob's <laughs> ski trip uh, when he hurts himself and ends up having to call Laura and tell her all about it, and without <laughs> telling her about it because she told him not to go. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so good. Nice. It's so good. Um, but yeah, that's it. I hope everybody enjoyed it um, and had a good time. Do we have any closing thoughts on the episode before I cut everybody off? Did I miss anything that y'all wanted to point out? Um, for for listeners who might actually watch this show and think, wow, this looks kind of cool and, and familiar, the first few episodes of WandaVision, the, the 60s sitcom set was basically this exact house mm-hmm. like to a T. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. that they that that was the one they recreated because it, when I was watching WandaVision, it, it was that thing. I'm like, this looks exactly like a sit, but I couldn't place which one. It just was like general '60s sitcom. Uh, no, yeah. it's exactly Dick Van Dyke show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was pretty great. They uh, they took a lot of inspiration. That they actually were watching the Walnut episode in the, one of the first episodes of WandaVision. Wanda and Vision are watching the Walnut episode on TV. Uh, so it's just, it's, this is iconic stuff. Um, it's it's just, it it goes to show you what, what talented people can do when they work together. When you have writing that is as timeless as Carl Reiner's writing and Mm -hmm. the people perform, I mean, and not only Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore and, and at all performing it, but their chemistry together. Yeah. Yeah, Sure. The snappiness of Mm -hmm. all of it is just, oh, it's perfect. Yeah, they just play in that. It's that dance we've talked about in sitcoms before. Mm-hmm. Like, like we've talked about. I think we talked about Roseanne. You could tell when a comedian's kind of doing a thing because they're they're always seem like they're waiting for the time to do the zinger, right. you know. Yeah. Versus this felt like a, a cooperative dance of we're all actors, but we're all also funny, mm-hmm. uh, trying to do things. Nobody felt like they were waiting on the punchline. It was always just felt organic. Felt like it was there and felt right all the time. Um, but yeah, it's just super super cool. But uh, this is sci-fi, uh, sci-fi time, and that's the, that was a weird one. I know it wasn't exactly sci-fi, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but it, we, we got there. We stretched. We made it work. But <laughs> Amy's going to take us back to real-life, actual sci-fi television. Uh, what are we watching next week, Amy? Okay, so this this week's was it was a, a regular TV show with like a layer of sci-fi on the top, right? So what I've picked is a sci-fi show, and I've picked an episode that has an extra layer of sci-fi on top of it. And then a special guest that is like, is like the sci-fi special guest. I've gone so hard and it's, <laughs> I, I watched it today cause I wanted to be sure I wanted to be mm-hmm. sure. And this is so off the rails and I'm pretty excited about it guys. So um, we are watching Sequest DSV, as it was called yes. when it came out. But apparently now it's 2032, which I love when sci-fi puts a date on it. Because mm, then yeah. we, in, you know, a few years, we can all go, <laughs> that's great. I have expectations. I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we are watching season two, probably episode 21. You know how these things go. Um, mm. But it is called Splashdown. It is available on the Roku channel for free or Peacock if you've got that. Guys, I'm I'm so excited. This is it 
is this the pinnacle? Like, is this a good episode to be like a a sample of what Sequest was? No. Is it <laughs> some absolutely wild sci-fi? Yes, it is. And so I, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about it. Oh, I can't wait. I can sci-fi. Too. I cannot wait. Sci-fi on sci-fi. sci-fi we also on sci-fi have with sci-fi. We have our poll coming uh, for our next topic, uh-huh. um, and our choices are going to be um, non-U.S. TV shows, uh-huh. mm. uh, soap operas. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, musical, which it's a pretty broad term, so yep. there's, there's mm-hmm. some fun leeway with that one. Yeah. And yep. Private Eye. Uh, and Private Eye's oh, basically God. procedural shows where the main character is not officially a police officer or federal uh, fed of any kind. Like, they have to be just... Like that's, the, that's the stipulation. So those are going to be the choices. Poll will go up on uh, your Twitters and Blue Skies and Mastodons and all those socials. We'll get it up there. Um, either on the those were the days uh, on on the Twitter, or um, I'll put it up and maybe we'll get like Steven or or Audi or everybody to to throw the poll up uh, there, and then we can just aggregate our results mm-hmm. next sure. week, yeah, and decide what our next topic will be. I'm excited. I'm pumped about Sequest. Uh, it might be one of the shows my wife just says, you're not watching that without me, merely for the <laughs> fact that Jonathan Brandis is in it. Oh, uh, and that was like her first crush. It was John. I, who can blame her? I mean, yeah. Nancy kid. You know, yeah. That was, it was the hair. That was, he, yeah, he had the look of the times, you know, yeah. with the hair. Uh, so that will be awesome. Really excited to check that out. Excited about the poll. Thank you all for joining me uh, to celebrate one of my favorite shows of all time. I had an absolute blast rewatching this and then chatting about it with you. Again, the best part of this show, this podcast that we do, is talking about shows <laughs> with each other because I feel like everything we watch is ramped up to 11 when we sit down to chat about yeah. it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, you guys thought that was funny too. That was the best take ever. Oh, <laughs> such a wonderful shared experience. Uh, but... That's it for this week. See you next week on Sequest. For Amy, for Travis, for Adi, and for me, thank you for joining us on Those Were the Days. See you next week.